victims of abuse often have problem solving issues. They've been gaslit so much, they've been lied to, their reality has been denied, and they end up relying more on, on the narcissist or others to help them figure things out. So today I've got an amazing guest. Sarah Ramsey is going to talk to us about like how to problem solve, especially for those of us who have been through narcissistic abuse. Sarah is a recovery coach and she's about to launch this amazing book that I got the secret to read. And um, we're going to talk about really digging into how to figure out what the problem is. Um, so this is Tracy Malone. I am the founder of NarcissistAbuseSupport.com. I am a coach and I coach people all over the world. It's kind of cool. So um, let's go welcome Sarah and uh, get this ball rolling on how to problem solve after abuse. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Tracy, I'm so glad to be here and connect with you again. I am excited that you're here too. I've never interviewed you, but you have interviewed me for your channel. So why don't you, we start off by having you tell people a little bit about yourself before we yeah. get into our topic. So I was the world's worst people pleaser, right? And um, I basically tried to make decisions thinking, okay, how do I not make you mad? How do I not make you mad? How do I not make you mad? And it actually worked okay until I was trying to decide whether or not I was going to get a divorce. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my dad was a pastor and the, my former brother-in-law also worked at the church. Okay. So you can imagine how messy this was, what a tough decision it was, right? And so I had this mental permission slip that I just felt like I needed to talk everyone else into signing off on my permission slip. Oh, yes. Right? I need you to sign off. I need you to sign off. Are you going to be okay if I do this? Are you going to be okay if I do this? Well, obviously it was a big disaster. And, <laughs> and eventually like stress shut down my body. Um, my hair was falling out. I was losing weight, gaining weight, and eventually blacked out while I was driving. Um, wow. Crash. I had, <laughs> I had three friends in the car. Okay. It was two in the afternoon in the middle of Charlotte, North Carolina, no drinking, no drugs, no prescription drugs, right? Literally stress blackout. Wow. Okay. So my friend like grabbed the wheel <laughs> and kind of like shook me up. So she like managed. So I was turning left and all of a sudden I wasn't like on the intersection where all these people are walking down. The, it was just terrible. So I woke up and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's as rock bottom as I want to get. I didn't want to have to kill a child on the crosswalk before I thought, you know, maybe I need a system for decision-making. Maybe I should realize that indecision is a decision and it's killing me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Were you um, a outsource? Like when I had the same situation as a people pleaser, I had to get reinforcements, crowdsourcing. Am I making the right choice? Is this, is this, is this, is, is that kind of what you're talking about here where you're so indecisive that you need others to validate what you need? Well, absolutely. And most of us were raised in like father knows best mentality, right? And that's just kind of the way it was. And so as a kid, what do I do? Well, you do what your parents say. You do what the teacher says, you do what the preacher says, you do it, you know, and so when it came to really making messy decisions, I, and these are very new decisions, like think about in the past of history, 
if you were a, if your dad made shoes, you made shoes. If your dad was a farmer, you were a farmer, right? We just did, we married the boy from across the pond in our hometown. I mean, really, 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 this is, all these concepts are so new. And that's why people are in burnout. They're in analysis paralysis. They are overthinkers, right? Um, and with the rise of emotional intelligence, we've gotten better at naming our feelings, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I also see a lot of people trying to solve their feelings rather than solve their problems. Mm. Yeah, of course. And Right. And so then two or three or four or five years later, they have the same problems over and over and over. And they're still, you know, maybe talking to a therapist like, well, why do you think it bothers me that when I was three years old that this and this and this happened? It's like, well, so how about that promotion at work? You want to go for that? Or are we going to talk about your parents? I mean, you know, there's so much possibility and potential and life and love out there for people. I think one of the solutions to that is learning how to make decisions based in the information age. Yeah, for sure. This is such an important thing that, um, you know, people who are going through narcissistic abuse, their, their emotional side takes over and their problem solving skills get shut down. Like I read that in your book. I know that. So um, how, how do like give let's give an example i, I know in in the book that i uh, the sample that i read for for your book there was a story about cindy and the basketball hoop can we bring that in to talk about um i know we're talking about your book we haven't even said she's an author of a new book out there that's <laughs> complex decisions but that's what we're talking about here today and so tell me about cindy and the basketball hoop Okay, so the book is called Problem Solved, Simple Habits for Complex Decisions, and there is a magic question in the book, which is, what problem are you trying to solve, okay? And I see a lot of people, and I'll, I'll give the Cindy example, but I want to kind of give some framework to it. So let's imagine you're invited to a party in the backyard, okay? So you go into somebody's house, there's a party in the backyard. You're driving up there, I'm going to the party in the backyard, I'm so excited, okay? Then you go to the front door and your narcissist is on the other side of the door and you knock and that narcissist says, um, no one wants you here. And then you knock again. There's not a party, you made it up. You knock again, um, somebody, you know, no one likes you at this party, you need to go home, right? And you're like going crazy, okay? You're so mad, you're so angry, you're like, I'm gonna get boundaries, right? I'm gonna not let this person do this to me, I'm gonna break down the door. Well. As soon as you break down the door, the narcissist is going to say, oh, help, you broke my neck and you're the problem and you're the, right? It's a terrible strategy, okay? Then what I see people do is try to find, they're like, okay, I'm just going to paint a mural on the door and, you know, about finding peace in closed doors. And I'm going to do affirmations every day about finding peace in closed doors, right? So, or I'm going to do articles on what's it like when someone doesn't open a door for you. I mean, so all this incredible energy we spend, mm -hmm. right? Trying to get this person to open the door. But the thing is, if I went and on that front porch with you and said, hey, what problem are you trying to solve? You'd say, I'm trying to get my narcissist to open the door. And I said, what problem were you trying to solve when you were in the car? And you'd say, I'm trying to get to the party in the backyard. Mm -hmm. right? I'm like, okay, do you see how once you got emotionally, and we 
he, every human does this. Please don't feel bad about this, right? But toxic people are so good at getting us to change the conversation in our minds mm-hmm. and make them the focus of our problems and our problem solving skills mm-hmm. rather than just going around the house, getting to the backyard that way, flying a helicopter down, hiring a cheerleading team and having them throw you over the fence. Um, getting a ladder and going over the fence, right? There's almost always a ton of creative solutions if you really keep clear about what problem you're trying to solve. And I had a client named Cindy and her ex promised her that he would pay her $100 for a basketball goal, okay? And then of course he didn't. She's so mad, right? Oh, he's supposed to pay me for this goal. He's supposed to do that, right? And you're just like, okay. And I said, hey, aren't you in sales? And she said, yeah. And I said, okay, so if you had spent all this energy that you spent trying to fight your ex for the $100, okay, and you had spent it on your commission and, and generating right. sales, how much money would you have made? And she said, probably seven to $10,000. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, so if the problem you were trying to solve was getting $100, you could solve that problem a million times over. If the problem you're trying to solve is getting your ex to do the right thing, you lost $10,000. Do you think he, do you think you won? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And and this comes so true in narcissistic divorce, right? Where we fight battles that are so stupid. And, and like, again, it's, it's thrown in your face. You're a thief. You're a gold digger. You're this. And you're like, no, oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. And we're fighting that battle and it doesn't matter. So, but in, in your case, you're saying we have to know what the battle is. They are throwing, you can't get in the door and they are throwing, you are a thief and a liar. So you almost defend it instead of going, we want the truth a different way. Our brains are problem solving machines, right? Like that's how we survive. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to give people's brains a better problem to solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's build momentum, right? Let's get uh, some some W's in the in the bracket of your life, right? If you're fighting a narcissist and trying to get them to open the front door, it's going to be L, 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 right? Because it's maddening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, another example that you can use and call it around the house problem solving, okay? is um, like the first day of school, right? Okay, so say your um, ex has the kids the first day of school and you're like, he, I'm trying to, or she, I'm trying to like ask them what time they're meeting so I can take before the school pictures and this and that. And, you know, they won't tell me. And then they said they were going to do this. And then they were 15 minutes late or they already gone to the kindergarten teacher before, right? Like all these things like that just come up all the time, okay? And I come back. So what problem are you trying to solve? Getting my ex to meet me before school. Okay, is that really the problem you're trying to solve? Is that really the problem you're trying to solve? And sometimes I have a seven level problem solving. And sometimes it can be incredibly helpful. What problem am I trying to solve? Get my ex to meet me before school. What problem am I really trying to solve? Seeing my kids on their first day of school. What problem am I really trying to solve? Um, making sure my kids know that I love them and that I show up for them. What problem are you really trying to solve? Making sure that I support them on their first day of school, right? You start to get clarity about what problem you're really trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's almost always a workaround. Mm-hmm. You can drop a gift off 
with the teacher beforehand so that they have a little present or a little note from mom on the desk at school. You can have a first day of school party on the weekend before. You can buy them a special bracelet or necklace or something like that to remind themselves of you. Because usually what you're really trying to do is show them love and then imprint your memory on their experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mom showed up for me. Dad showed up for me. Right. Not, I have to have a Facebook picture the first day of school with a cute sign that says first day of school, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, right. when you start, you'll just drive yourself crazy and you see it all the time. I mean, endless amounts of energy when it's like, okay, what problem are you really trying to solve? So that your kids feel loved and that you have a first day of school experience with them? Mm-hmm. Is there any other creative solution to that? And usually they're like, oh, I just never thought about it that way. And I said, that's because toxic people want you to <laughs> focus on them instead of creative solutions. Right, right. And and we've been so gaslit and, and so abused and lied to and all that stuff. So we lose our problem solving skills. We just do. We lose the confidence in ourselves to say, no, this is what we're doing. Oh, I have another way. You know, we don't even think outside that box because we're driven by reaction to what they're doing. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And it's not serving our kids and it's not serving us. Yeah. 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 So tell me like when someone is stuck like this, why, why are some people stuck? Like you, me, we're the people pleasers. We get stuck on these big decisions, but why do some people get stuck and some don't? I definitely think some people are just they don't struggle with people. They don't have to crowdsource, just like you said, right? My husband doesn't ever crowdsource. He's just like, well, I'll just do this. And I'm like, huh, that's kind of amazing, right? Um, <laughs> well, you just do what you want, right? And, and even with all the work I've done, I don't, I'm not there, right? But what I am good at is taking my problems from spaghetti to waffles. Whoa, right. that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> I see a lot of people in spaghetti thinking. Okay. Well, I was thinking about, you know, changing jobs, but then I wasn't sure about it because my mom is always wanted me to be a dentist and I didn't want to be a dentist, but she'll be really mad at me. But the front desk lady, I can't stand her. And so it'd just be easier to shut down the practice. And then Tom in, in accounting, you know, messed up my business. So it's better, right? You see people and they're just all over the place, right? Like, it's just like you, and I think about those, each one of those is spaghetti noodles. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they get really stuck in our head. And it's kind of funny. I, I've obviously said this concept a lot. And everybody has your reaction. They go, Oh, yeah, that sounds exactly like so and so. That sounds exactly like so and so. Or, Oh, no, that sounds exactly like me. You know, <laughs> but when you think about those as different, each one of those is different problems mm-hmm. rather than thinking of them as one problem, you can start to waffle things down. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is five minute, incredibly simple, easy process. Okay. Mm-hmm. So say you're sitting at your desk, there's a problem at work and you brain dump for two or three minutes. Okay. Um, I may want to quit. My work life balance is out of control. I'm mad at Bob and accounting and my mom would be so disappointed in me. Okay. So each of those are four different sentences, but you wrote them as a paragraph because that's what you do and you should. Okay. So start with them as a paragraph and then Take each sentence and make it like a to-do list. One, how to talk to Bob in accounting. Two, my guilt about my mother. Three, work-life balance. 
four, right? So you start to waffle down the problem. And then I just want you to see that as its own entity. It's its own waffle square. It's one bite at a time. I have guilt about my mother. Keep it in its own square. Don't throw it into the work portion. Don't throw it into Bob and accounting. Don't throw it into your parenting, don't, right? Like just keep it in that one square and then start to develop action plans. Okay, so three words, spaghetti, waffle, action. Then you can start to get some action plans. Now what's really, 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 really amazing about this is that as soon as I get that to-do list for people, you know, waffle one, waffle two, waffle three, they can almost always come up with their own action plans. They really can. Okay, so if you were going to have to figure out how to talk to Bob in accounting, what would you do? And they go, well, okay, I could this and that, right? Or it's a very easy, we live in the information age. It's really easy, you know, how to have a hard conversation with a coworker, right? There's, there's very, Google it, right? There's very specific. And that's why it's like, okay, our parents just didn't make decisions in the same way because they just like followed this path until they died. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now we could do anything we want at any time. Mm -hmm. And we're all miserable. <laughs> right? We have all these choices and so many people are stuck in analysis paralysis. Uh, but that spaghetti waffle action, uh, it is so easy. It will change your life. Um, and a really simple trick for our listeners, okay, because I know many of the problems my advice is not to start with the most crucial problem in the world. Like, you know, I was trying to decide whether or not I was going to get a divorce and blow up my dad's church. You know, that wasn't the easiest problem to start with. Um, but, you know, if you start out with something more simple and then when things start to get more complicated, you can like get a highlighter and then a pen and you separate out the emotional problems to solve from the practical problems to solve. Mm -hmm. Nice. I have guilt over talking to my mother. What is my next career going to be? Mm -hmm. Those are not the same thing. They are not even close to the same thing. They are so far disconnected, right? And if you start to separate out just with a little highlighter, okay, I'm going to underline the practical problems to solve, highlight the emotional problems to solve. It's amazing the like light bulbs that come on and people are like, oh, okay. They may not like that they have to go talk to their mom or quit their job or whatever, or, you know, but, but they have clarity about it and it becomes much easier. Absolutely. I, I always like equate to whatever my clients are going through is there's this giant fear umbrella. There's this giant anxiety umbrella. Like it's just so big that like you're up to here, you can't even think about it. But again, like you're saying, tiny bites are what you need, not the big whole thing. Well, what is it that you're afraid of? And what about that? And what's the realistic that that could happen? Oh, there's no chance that's going to happen. Then what are you worrying about? You know, like really breaking it down so that the problem is not the big umbrella. And, and that's what it sounds like most people do is it becomes so colossal that it's like immovable. It's just, I don't know what to do with, with that. It's so big, it's spaghetti. It's a really good analogy. And I call it an emotional elephant in my book. So it's so funny you're talking about it. it's huge, it's big, right? I was like, yeah, I call it an emotional elephant. And Tracy, I will tell you a really funny story. So when I was a kid, I was passing America's Funniest Home Videos on the TV in my parents' room. So I was just kind of glancing by and I saw this zookeeper cleaning up an elephant's cage and the elephant sat on its head. And that zookeeper's head went in that elephant's butthole 
Oh, and you see all, all these people scrambling around, like trying, it was like, it was, <laughs> I was so traumatic as a kid. And I remember thinking, you can see the video online. If you look this up, it's still there. <laughs> be forewarned. But I remember as a kid, like, that would be the worst way to die ever. Like, I was just thinking like, this is terrible, right? But it, it's a visual that was actually quite traumatic as a kid. But now it's like, man, if my elephant, if my elephant problems become so big and I'm just behind the elephant, right? I, I can't move forward because there's an elephant. The elephant is going to sit on my head mm-hmm. or at the very least it's going to poop and I'm going to have to walk in the poop. Like nobody wants to be behind an elephant no. or it's getting like, it's, its tail is like smacking me in the face, right? We want to be, if you know, using the concept of emotional elephants, we want to be sitting on top of the elephant, like directing it, like the people in the jungle book or something, you know, like um, not behind the elephant waiting to get pooped on. Right, right. And that's like the umbrella. I mean, it is the big thing, the big umbrella, the big elephant where things are just, you can't move them. You're, you're paralyzed. I mean, we talk about, you know, fight, flight, or freeze. That's the freeze. That's the, you know, with a point where people don't know what else to do. Um, I know in the book, you talked about this magic question. Is that something we've talked about yet? Well, it is the, what problem are you trying to solve? Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. And dear listeners, one of my other favorite parts of the book is the question, is this your problem to solve? Mm. Okay, so question number one, what problem are you trying to solve? We talked about the seven levels and getting some more clarity and how if you solve the right problem, you can work around a difficult person and that kind of thing. And then there's a real question of like, is this my problem to solve? Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of people um, really get into the helpaholic Mm -hmm. situation and it's like, well, my problem's scary. So I'm going to nag my daughter Mm. about her problem right? My problem is scary. So I'm going to really, really think about what my friend should do, right? (laughs) My problem is scary. So I'm going to worry about my cousin, right? And it is just detrimental to our lives. It is detrimental. Tracy, I had a lady last week make a 20% raise and a lady who uh, had a really bad toxic situation, her job, just get a new, a new job. And it's like, there's so many opportunities and wonderful things. If you solve your own problems and put your energy on problems that have solutions instead of toxic people problems, instead of fighting with toxic people, instead of solving other people's problems, like life is magical. I, I promise that I promise. And I've had, a, I've had a bear, like I've been wrestling a bear trying to get this book out. My eyes went crazy. I had swollen eyes. I like fell down the stairs. There've been cancer scares with family members. I like hurt my arm. I had someone like say I had a trademark issue with my life. I mean, it's just been like, oh, these crazy things, right? Just crazy, craziness. And it's like, my, my assistant was like, I don't know how you're like still standing. I said, eh, anything's easier than toxic people problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything is. And if I trust myself, mm-hmm. right, and I've learned that framework for making decisions, it's like, well, this stinks. Okay, so what problem am I trying to solve here? And how do I move forward in it? Rather than, you know, I have hard days and I, I have been very sad. I don't mean to say I don't have feelings about it, but it's not paralyzing. And that's such a key. I can't wait till people can get this book. When is it coming out? 
It is available in the Friends and Family Sale uh, for only 99 cents through September 20th. And September 20th gives the full launch that is um, paperback, audiobook, all that kind of stuff. But if you want to go ahead and pre-order it, it can be delivered to your phone or delivered to a Kindle if you have that um, for only 99 cents. Yay. And, and tell us the name one more time. I'll put the link down below, but tell us the name of the book one more time. Problem Solved. Simple Habits for Complex Decisions. Very cool. And how can people find out more about you? SarahKRamsey.com. You can see the links to the book there. You can see ways you can work within the problem solving method. And then um, I have a half a decade in the toxic person proof space. And uh, that's how Tracy and I connected. Um, and I just kind of realized that these problem solving techniques were working for careers and working with other stuff. And I was like, oh, I can solve all kinds of problems, not just toxic people <laughs> problems, you know, and, and so many people who'd been in controlling relationships really struggled with making decisions. Um, and so I was just so passionate about giving them a structure of how to move forward. Oh, I am so glad. I can't wait. I did buy my 99 cent copy, so I'm excited that it will come to me soon. I did get to read the preview and that was exciting and really helpful. So I want everybody to get out there this is something we all need to do. If you've been in a narcissistic relationship or still co-parenting where you are going to be at that door trying to get in the backyard and you're just beating yourself up with the example Sarah gave us, it's clear that our survivors need this. So thank you so much for what you do and for being here today. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you, Tracy. I hope that stirred your mind to think about things and look at some of the solutions that she was offering us to drill down. I love that waffle concept. That's so cool. And it, it really does make sense. The big overwhelming problem gets to be where it is too much for us to handle. It's spaghetti, like she said. So let's like go get her book um i think again it's it's going to be out in september but you can go and pre-order it and find out how to start problem solving after abuse so this is tracy malone thank you for joining me i hope that you get to subscribe to my channel and i will see you again next time thank you